You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Falling Skies After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Falling Skies After Show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is Falling Skies, the After Show, Season 3, the penultimate episode, Journey to Zobabla. I didn't pronounce it. You said it right. I I hope I did. I think you said it right. You you notice how most people, if they don't know how to say something, they'll be like, and I'm here with uh, Phil (laughs) Sweetak. Phil Sweetak. And co host. Thanks. Vitek and Nando Velasquez. Excellent. Yes, we are here recapping um, what is a great episode. Uh, Again, we're a little bit more upbeat than perhaps the episode warrants because it is a sad, sad episode. But at the end of the day, it's all about hope. But there's some positive. Yeah, there's some positives. We end on a good note. Yes, we do. We do. Um, So let's let's start right off the bat, right? So last episode, it's like, okay. Uh, I believe it's Matt who says, you know what? My dad got home once, <laughs> and he got home twice. He can get back again. Yeah. And, and he's back. And he gets back. On a boat. Well, yeah, I guess he knows it's Noah Wiley. You can't kill him off. No, you can't. <laughs> um, and he hands the boat over to uh, <laughs> to Pope. Here what a, you go. What a way to arrive. He arrives by boat. From all the way from uh from the from the Boston area. Yeah. Down to uh to Boston Hava. Boston Hava. <laughs> he found he finds a boat and uh and Pope finds him and uh and Pope greets him. Uh you know, it's, it, again I, I mentioned this last week with the uh, with the other um uh, the the family coming down and like no one really con- you know, no one really questioned if they had bugs or not. They just kinda like just let him in. You know, um Pope kinda did the same thing. Uh, more or less, but he explains why later. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, this relationship between them. Well, uh, you know, I know you wanted to talk about the bromance between Weaver and Tom. <laughs> so the floor is yours, my friend. Well, no, here's the thing. Okay, so it's great that Tom's returned. Uh, again, here's another another case, just like last week, where someone comes in and and it's pretty much arms wide open. Uh, the whole town pretty much receives him after Tom reveals that he thinks it would be a smart idea to um, to go for Boston to shoot the Vom weapon. We finally into Boston, found out the we found out what city he well he he determined a city because even though he was being bombarded by the dream analysis last week with uh, Karen trying to get it out of him by, uh, by Inception style, uh, he just realizes he wants revenge on Karen and he figures that. They won't expect Boston, and that's where she is anyway. So that would be the best place, best place to hit. But of course, Tom's the one who brings it up. I don't even think Weaver brings it up. Weaver's like, "I trust you," and Tom's like, "Don't aren't you worried that I might have a bug in me?" No, well, uh, it's it was a little. It, it's it Weaver who um, says, uh, "There's nothing I like more." And there was supposed to be perhaps more to that sentence. There was hesitation, I guess. Yeah. And then Tom brings it up. He brings up the elephant in the room. Finally, somebody brings it up. But it has to be Tom bringing it up. And even when Tom brings it up, 
Weaver's like, and Tom's like, if I do anything that's out of the ordinary, if I do anything that looks like I'm going to go against you guys, I want you to put a bullet in me. And Weaver's like, I can't put a bullet in you. It's just like, you're my buddy. I'm just like, I get it. Okay. The third mass, our family. I get it. There comes a point where it's like, it, it, I, I just felt like that. It was just something a little too, um, you know, just a little too much bromance going on there. It's Fair like, enough. certainly Pope didn't give him any bromance. He's like, you know, he goes up to him like, hey, you know what? Weaver's not going to shoot me. Yeah. So if anything happens, they have, you get to shoot me. They have their own love hate relationship. So I think they just love to hate each other. But, uh, but, uh, but it's so funny to see how, uh, Tom trusts Pope to shoot him yeah. <laughs> like that. So it's all good. I'm just saying that, uh, it's just weird knowing, especially after what we see with the mole. And, and of course, even at the end, at the end of this episode where they all realize that anybody could get an eye worm. Yeah. You know, that, that they're just so willing to accept family members coming back from, from week, week, you know, month long trips to, uh, on admissions. So, uh, you know, that is a good point. And we'll certainly talk about Lourdes at greater length. Yeah. Um, you know, but Tom being back, it, it's interesting, uh, Matt's note of how changed he is. Mm hmm. You know, uh, obviously the whole kind of struggle today was love and hate and things like that. And, uh, Matt didn't seem to like the shift in Tom. Yeah. Because he, he didn't really break it tactfully. He, you know, he said, did you see Ann and Lexi? No. And I was like, oh, okay. He's going to hide it from the kids and give them hope. And he's like, but they're dead. Yeah. Are you sure? They're dead. Well, I still don't think they're dead. But, um, well, we'll talk about Lourdes later, but, uh, you know, the fact that she knew some information makes me question now what, you know, whether or not they're dead, whether or not I, I still believe that. Yeah. I think, uh, I think they could be alive. I mean, um, be interesting. It would be an interesting twist and finally reunite the family. Yeah. You know, make it whole again. I mean, uh, so we'll see, but, uh. Certainly, again, young Matt is not taking it too easy. Well, also there was that scene with Matt in the in the ducks in the sewers with um with, with ben, ben, where he pretty much says, "Well, it, it's okay if they're all dead. <laughs> it's okay if everyone that's been buried underneath is dead." And you know, so he's getting to be very cynical. He's uh, he's too young to be cynical. <laughs> but <laughs> even that's... in this world, he's too young to be cynical. I th- I think so. I yeah. mean, he, he certainly is. And uh, but um, before we move on to the big event of tonight's episode, which was mm. the explosion, uh, explosions, explosions. Yes. Mm. Um, let me say, I'm sure most of you already know, but in case you don't, and in case you haven't, um, download Adventure Serial Buddies. But more importantly, because I know a lot of you guys have, tell a friend. Tell a friend to download that movie. Uh, it's a very good movie, and you're a shitty friend if you don't. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Come on. You got to know, if you have at least 12 friends, somebody's birthday is coming up this month, right? That's right. There you go. And uh, it cost, it, pr- it pretty much cost five bucks. Yeah. It's all it really costs. Adventure of the Serial Buddies, the first serial killer comedy of all time, um, starring amazing, amazing people. Check out the trailer. Check out the movie, Adventure of the Serial Buddies, SerialBuddies.com, out now as we speak. Um, all right. Big explosion. At first, I didn't think it was that big. It was like it just kind of took uh, Pope and, and – Well, that first one, because there were two different explosions. I guess it was an explosion and then the collapse. Yes. Uh, but that explosion, yeah, it was kind of a quiet explosion. It just kind of like interrupted uh, Pope and Tom's conversation. I mean they got, they got thrown away um, – they got thrown out of the trailer. 
But uh, but still. But then we we so we cut the commercial. We come back from commercial, and it's yeah. like, what are we in a desert? Like, where are we? <laughs> you know, and they're looking for. So it was. Uh, you know, I wasn't expecting to see what I saw. Well, the Vom had not really been living in. Uh, in the town, partly because of some of the uh, opinions of people like Pope, who still don't trust the Volm, and in, in my opinion, also partly because they just didn't have the budget to have that many Volm costumes, so they, it's just better to keep them kind of separate and have Cochise as the main Volm in the in the show. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I guess the explosion happened uh, nearby, and they went to investigate and discovered that uh, just about all the Volm seemed to be dead. And, uh, except for Cochise. Very so, convenient. Very convenient. And, and of course, uh, because the Volm are creating this weapon and they seem to be the only ones who know how to operate it because they've been the only ones building it, this does put a big, you know, crank in, in the plan to, um, to destroy the grid, you know, before, uh, before everybody dies in three months. You know, and it's interesting, uh, right before that, they had, uh, you know, it should be noted that Cochise and Tom had their talk of, you know, um, that, you know, we need to keep moving forward. Um, we can't let loss break us and things like yeah. that, you know. And it's so interesting five minutes later that it's, you know, uh, Cochise was facing that kind of problem. Yeah. That same prediction. Well, it was a lot that he said. I, I kind of, you know what, we should have, I, I should have played it back because I really wanted to write down a lot of that stuff. But it was a lot of... Um, I think it was like fate. It was it was a lot of talk about fate and just how law fate is a strange thing. That's what I wrote. And fate, how- fate is a strange. He was saying fate is a strange thing. You know, it can bring you. Basically, it can bring you joy when you uh, least inspect it, least least need it, or whatever. Yeah. And then it also can be. Um, uh, it can be bad because it can bring you tragedy when you're least prepared for it. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. But yeah, a lot, there was a lot of foreshadowing in that in that conversation, and then, and then of course, uh, Cochise talking about his brother and him having a, a an argument before his brother passed away, and him regretting that, all, all sorts of stuff there. Yeah. So that I thought was really really interesting. And then, uh, so he's the he's the only one alive, and luckily he can regenerate. <laughs> no, but that's you know. It, well, it does make sense considering he went through such a major plane accident a couple of episodes ago with the president, and was able to shield the president and still survive. Yeah. So President Hathaway. That that does make a lot of sense, and uh, you know, so that 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 sets it up right off the bat, and <laughs> just classic. But you know, obviously by now we know who the mole is as an audience. As an audience, yeah. As an audience. Um, and classic kind of like Hitchcock of like, and he need not be disturbed. <laughs> Q Lord is being like, okay, got it. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, he's the, he's the last surviving Volm and, you know, he's, he's the key. He says later on that he doesn't know the technology of it. He does not engineer it. Yeah. But again, he still represents hope. Mm-hmm. So. By him being alive, the weapon is still well usable. Well, yeah, somewhat usable. Although, although he he talked at the end of the episode about him, his engineers being the ones who knew how to really operate the machinery. But at least, so. at, least at least the basics of the, it, it'd be like okay, um, it'd be like you saying, Phil, hey, how, how does a car work? Especially now with cars have basically being big computers. You know, I might not know all the specifics, but I can tell you the overall idea. You know, and so and. As later they say, you know, hey, you know what, Kadar can take it as a challenge. Mm. 
then uh, again, Kadar might be able to figure out the, the specifics of that. Yeah, but you know, the basic idea remains the same, and if, as long as Coach Hughes understands that, I think he can coach someone through it. Well, we'll 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 get to see uh, we'll get to see next. Well, we saw some clips. It looks like it, it they do get to figure something out. So yeah, whether whether they put the uh, home weapon uh, in reverse. <laughs> like some people might do with a car with a comical thing or, or, or whether it goes forward. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll get that car to go or not. Um, <laughs> what else was I going to say about um, the weapon? Um, I forget. Well, the weapon's buried, so they still have to dig it out. Yes, if they that's do. what. Um, yeah, oh, uh, speaking of that, you know, they, they said uh, rarely do we get to kind of mourn the losses of the ones we've lost. And, you know, Liberty Tree. Yeah. Perhaps helped a little bit, but you know the Volum certainly has not had that, and, and especially not here. You know they keep uh, Koshi's keeps referring to it as the land that's not theirs. Yeah, and so you know it was nice for Tom to say, "Hey, you know what? We're going to do this properly, and then we're going to dig." Yeah, that was than- that was pretty honorable and nice about Tom to to. I mean, he has a, a his own friendship with Koshi's. They seem to have a very uh, kindred bond together that they seem to share and they seem to really trust each other. Uh, it was pretty apparent at the end of this episode, yeah. Um, also, do you want to talk about um, how Marina basically has no power <laughs> in any of this? And she's like, hey, if you just want your old job back, please take it. We, we finally, I think everyone's finally figured out, even before the Lord is thing, that it's probably not Marina. And yet she seems pretty powerless in this episode. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? Uh, she just happens to be blinded more or less by the collision, by the explosion, uh, or, or not the explosion, but the um, the second explosion, the second explosion, which uh, I thought was pretty apropos for her. <laughs> she seems to be kind of blind to uh, a lot of things. So well, no one's given her again. I think no one's given her anything. Yeah, you know, and to- she she asked Tom like, "Hey, t- can you tell me what's going on?" He's like, "Hey, I gave some intel. What they do <laughs> with it is their business." <laughs> And like, okay, can you at least tell me what you told them so I can kind of maybe know what they might be doing? But, you know, the thing is now that the mole has been revealed and uh, and taken uh, into custody, I guess, about, you know, and, and I guess they're going to treat uh, Lourdes so uh, she'll be back to normal again. At least now uh, with that gone, they'll probably be in a, uh, more of a position to trust Marina yeah. as uh, as the president right now for Charleston. So perhaps she'll probably have a bigger role to play uh, next week and uh, depending on what happens next week, next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, uh, that's the position where she's in right now because because of this mole and now now that the mole's gone, we'll see what happens with her. Um, I thought it was interesting, you know, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the second explosion in a moment, but um, again, this whole idea of hope and things like that and hope mm-hmm. obviously is, is improbable you know, some may say, uh, certainly Kandar and, and, and when they finally get, I love when Tom just, you know, goes and, and, uh, blasts at the, uh, whatever the, the rig that they built. Yeah. Um, and Kadar comes down, he's like, it just goes to show that pro- low probability things do happen. So it, it reminded me, um, it, it, it's great because, you know, sometimes logic doesn't enter into these kind of things and you know they're talking about coaches earlier was talking about how the human spirit is the greatest weapon of all etc right so again the whole notion of hope uh it just reminded me of david hume saying like no matter how many times i drop a rock i still don't know if it's going to fall down to the ground could float up 
<laughs> I've never heard that. Really? I've never heard that. Hume, Hume teaches us. Really? Um, but, okay. but, 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 you know, going back to the... the I'm going to vol- start dropping lots of rocks now. I know. <laughs> but going back to the Volm weapon, like, you know what? Well, maybe we don't even need to build it anymore. Maybe you just got to believe. <laughs> no, I'm not being that hokey. But you know you what know, I mean? It gives them the power to operate. Kochi so. said the human spirit is the uh, is the biggest weapon that the human race has. Yeah. On Earth. So, I mean, they, they've put a lot of emphasis on, on hope, on the human spirit. Yeah. So. And, uh, and not breaking things like that. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, so speaking of that, second explosion. You know, uh, L- Lourdes this time. We get to see that alien contraption. It's like another organic It's creature. like a tree. Yeah. It was that like then a, explodes. I don't know if it was explodes as, as opposed to like choking, you know, like just tearing apart the uh, infrastructure and making yeah. it collapse uh, and trapping trapping the group, I guess the main group into three positions, three spots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> you want to talk about uh, Hal and... Uh, Oh boy! Yeah, let's talk about them. <laughs> Which, by the way, this they they have a funny scene where they're getting the ammo and like, okay, east side, west side, whatever. Yeah, and then it's like, okay, let's stop what we're doing and just talk, <laughs> even though what we're doing is really important. They're having a bit of a lovers' quarrel yeah. while they're losing air. What happened to the What happened to the uh, secretary? She just died. To the secretary. That was there, right? Because Hal comes in. Yeah. He kind of signs in or whatever. And then they're having like, a little... I guess he's dead. I mean, you know, that's the one thing about the um, about that whole collapse, too. It's like they, they claim there were a lot of people dead, but none of the major characters obviously were affected. Yeah. Uh, I guess the, the other than Marina getting blinded and some people being a little hurt, a little bruised, and, and Hal and Maggie being in that in that room where they were losing air... Um, nobody, nobody pertinent to the cast really was in any danger at all. So, yeah. So I'm guessing she died. <laughs> yes, she did. Uh, along with uh, apparently a hundred other people. A, a lot of people that, you know, that aren't essential to the story. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, you know, it was obviously, um, Maggie is still mad about the fact that Hal left on this journey to find his family. Yeah. And uh, I get her point. She just wants to be part of the family. Mm. Well, I mean, I think Maggie from from her first season, uh, she was a bit of an outsider, even even amongst Pope's crew when she was with Pope's crew and, and how she was treated by them. So for her, Hal's been the biggest uh, connection to anything. And for him to leave and, you know, I, I mean, he even said I had to go because it was family. I think that really was a biting remark to Maggie because she's not. And she's still, you know, and, and even with their relationship, we've seen it a little bit already um, when Hal was, uh, was had the eye worm, is that she still was being somewhat compared to Karen, who is an evil, evil <laughs> alien bitch. So, uh, you know, alien implanted bitch. So um, she still is a little bit on the outside. So I think, I think yeah, she does absolutely has a point. As to uh, being left behind. And I like her idea of, you know, um, she just wants a choice. No matter what it may bring, she wants a choice, and, it, and it's got to be her choice. Yeah, she so wants if it, power. If it means that, you know, and, yeah. and uh, you could say that uh, choice is a human thing. Yeah. You know, and that's part of the human spirit is that we're given a choice to, to do what we want. Ultimately. She's she's been fighting for for having uh, to make her own decisions. Uh, as last week, she was insisting on being on the front line 
for the attack when Weaver was trying to keep her keep her back. And then uh, he realized that she saved his life by by you know by keeping him busy uh, before he walked into the uh, the room where the explosion last week happened. So she's all about. I mean, she's a very strong character. I love her. Plus, she's gorgeous. Uh, can't can't escape that. Sorry, I just can't. I mean, Sarah Carter is beautiful. Um, all right, I'm done now with that. But uh, <laughs> but you know, her character she she she's very resourceful. She's a great fighter. Uh, she's scrappy. She she's had to survive on her own. So this is a person who doesn't want to be put on the sideline. She wants to make decisions. She's smart, you know. Um, as Hal is trying to dig his way through and just being stubborn, she says like, "Hey, dumbass, you're you're taking up all the air. You're not going to get anywhere." Yeah. Um, you know, it come and and it could have come back to haunt them. You mm-hmm. know, had they had Hal not been so aggressive, maybe it would save a little bit. I but, found it funny know, that that in the end, all they did do was open up that pipe to get air, and they were like, she was like banging on that pipe the whole time and didn't even open. Well, I guess she couldn't open it right away, and and I guess they got a second. Uh, second. They got they got like some adrenaline pumping when they when they realized that Ben was below. I, I believe it. I mean, hey, it happens all the time. <laughs> no, it it does. I mean, you know what? I'm sure there. If, if Nando's life was videotaped, I could find a a, a part. Of your life where you were trying to open something or whatever and it just wasn't working. And two days later, you come back to it and it's like, oh, that was easy. <laughs> so don't even go there. Okay. Because I will find it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they, I, I'm glad that they've kind of made up and now, you know, mm. their relationship, I think, is uh, finally back on good terms. Mm. So. Okay. Um, but it's also interesting as, as uh, you know, we'll talk about Lourdes more at length, but, you know, just in terms of how, as they're walking out, like, hey, you know, uh, I've known her for the longest time, mm. you know, uh, if they get this thing out of her, are, are people going to forgive her for all the people that she's killed? Because they certainly haven't forgiven me. Yeah, I mean, that is a really good point. Uh, we haven't really seen much of any, uh, other than Pope in the beginning, after uh, after Hal was revealed uh, as having an eyeworm, we haven't really seen too much of that sentiment. But it's uh, because he was gone. Well, because he was gone. But now that Lord is—that's true. Now that he was gone, but uh, but Lord has killed President Hathaway. Lord has killed. Uh, yeah, she, well, she. Lord has killed that. She 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 destroyed radio. She destroyed equipment. She yeah. killed multiple multiple armies. yeah multiple big people. And she is responsible for Pop. killing the Volman. Maybe maybe not making that weapon operable. Yeah. So uh, I don't think just giving her that um, that you know uh, medicine or whatever you want to call that that very aggressive uh, antidote. To get rid of the eye worm is really going to uh, – she's going to wake up and realize that there are going to be a lot of people pissed off at her, yeah. even though it's not really her fault. Uh, yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see how she relates to um, – I'm guessing Hal and her will definitely have a um, – I don't want to say relationship because that sounds weird, but they will have a connection. Um, speaking of connections, uh, interestingly enough, okay, so the explosion happens, and mm-hmm. uh, I I love Tom's and uh, and Lourdes's talk together. You know where where basically Lourdes is apologizing. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought it was interesting at the time. I didn't understand it, but obviously it was a it was a plant that later paid off because mm-hmm. Tom picked up on it. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting. You know, you could see how like Tom, from Tom's perspective at the time. Oh, nice Lourdes. You know, what, what was your thoughts on oh, that whole? 
Well, you know, it, it obviously sounded like she was admitting guilt without admitting it, it. without admitting it. Yeah. And um I was wondering if uh I guess everybody knew that Alexis and Anne was dead. So I was even wondering when she said it originally like is that a little too revealing because I figured it'd be something like that yeah. where Tom would catch it she she gave too much information. Uh so that was really interesting. What's also interesting too uh, and and I I don't know if this is uh maybe because Karen has doesn't care about the mole that uh that Lourdes was involved in her own explosion. She got injured from from the own uh you know from that second yeah, I, you know I, collapse. I, it was going to be interesting to me how how much damage she took. Yeah. You know whether it was self-sacrificial or just collateral damage or whatever it may be. And I don't think it was I don't think it was purposeful to p- be placed next to Cochise. I don't I think that was just like serendipitous for her that she got placed next to Cochise. I I think that was very serendipitous but the fact that she got hurt at all. Yeah. You know it was Again, uh, interesting to me. Um, well, it just goes to show, I mean, the mole is expendable, to, even yeah. to Karen. Oh, so absolutely. Yeah. It's more about destroying the Volm weapon and destroying the human spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, they, they had nice little teases of, okay, is Lord's going to get caught? Because, we, you know, earlier on, Weaver kind of walked by her and says, hey, you know, there's a lot of people that need your help. Mm. You better get to it. She's like, okay. <laughs> I go. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting. Um, okay, so, uh, yeah, through all of this, again, there, there's basically no one, uh, th- there's a lot of damage. And, um, and, uh, Tom, who they still don't really trust, and yet trust, he's like, okay, I'll do it, you know, so, so, uh, you know, the two of them set off. Um, to try to find the entrances and, you know, although they don't get that because they need a big ass forklift, mm. they find Kadar. <laughs> just rummaging in the, in the, in the ducks. Yeah. <laughs> just foraging in there. But, uh, that, that worked out well. Mm. And, uh, again, it's still fun. It, it is really funny to me how, um, they trust them, but they don't trust them. Kadar? No, Tom. Oh, Tom? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, it just, but the way they trust the way they trust them and they don't trust them, it's like it's like make up your minds. Or I, I just feel like it's too wishy washy at times with him. But uh, well, I guess it, it, he's been there before, so it just would be retreading. Story wise, you know, I'm sure the writers are probably thinking about it, and they realize, look, there's been so many times where he's been he's been compromised, and yeah. he's come back, and Pope, especially, is the first one to point fingers and go, you know, to say, you know, well, where does he stand? You know, what's going on with him? So I guess they figured they could touch upon it without really hammering it again. Because it just, yeah. it doesn't move the story forward at this point. By the way, I love the Kadar's comedic relief. I'll need this, this, and peanut butter. And peanut butter. Get, and then and then Tom says, get in the peanut butter first. <laughs> um, is that like a big thing? Do they have peanut butter? Is that they are like... Well, I would think that it holds up pretty well in post-apocalyptic futures. You know, you put them in, uh, I'm, I'm you put sure them in jars does. and yeah. I'm sure it does. Yeah. Um, I just didn't realize that. <laughs> Maybe they got, well, they didn't say what brand it was. So I don't think they got a promotion out of it. So, uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so I, you know, I think he got his peanut butter from what it seemed like. He seemed pretty happy. A happy guitar. <laughs> he seemed, he seemed fairly happy. I think he got his peanut butter. Uh, <laughs> and then it's discovered that there's a, a crack in the foundation. Yeah. So, uh, you, you think that's metaphorical of what's going on? Ooh, 
I didn't really think of it that way, but of course you didn't. I didn't. Look at you, Phil, looking in there. Because I'm artsier than you. <laughs> yeah, I guess there is a crack in the foundation. You know. Yeah, metaphorically, and then and then of course once the mole was revealed, then the crack. You then know. then then the fact that Tom was able to blast through the crack without even caring if if it would uh, end up because uh, his hatred fueled him. His hatred fueled him, as he said, to get through despite the crack. So wow, there's a big metaphor there. Wow, you you are artsier than me. I that's, you totally I'm are. Try, I've been trying to tell you your whole life. Um, <laughs> I thought I thought uh, it was so brilliant. Um, okay, so so they're looking at this, right? Um, and that's how actually this whole you know Lord's thing happened was they're looking at it and like we're back to the start again. <laughs> we're back where we started. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and so that's how Tom put um, two and two together. He's like, okay, Lord, just come with me. That was an interesting um, way to do it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you have our man on the ground, you know, the other way, and then he pulls the gun on her, and, yeah. Yeah. Now she's away. Really smooth way to, to get her by having Anthony feign uh, an injury. Yeah. Yeah. And they did it. And they saved Cochise just in the nick of time. I mean, I don't know what she said. It seemed like she was going to put a key. I don't know. She was going to snap. It was some kind of weird blade. But I guess some alien blade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Kochi's alive. Everything's good. Lourdes is, you know, you know, she's the mole, so it's all good. Um, let us, you want to dissect the, uh, the ending scene further? On the, the lakeside, you got the smoke. Up well, one of the I feel like I kind of do, but I also, um, feel like, there's something. Well, you know what? Here's what I think. Uh, whatever you think. I, I well, just I think just away. I feel like it might be a prediction. That's why I wanted to save it, maybe. But uh, the the little lakeside thing is really, really, really nice. But again, it was. Um, I don't know. I just feel like there's a little bit too much trust going on right now between Cochise and Tom, and and something's going to change. Um. I, okay. If that makes any sense. Well, speaking of that, let's head into predictions. Let's go and straight into it. Yeah, we'll, we'll argue about this. Okay. And now you're after Buzz TV predictions. All right. I don't think. He, I don't think you could do that. Um, it's too. You know what I mean. Everything's kind of built up to this, and 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 Kochi's always been kind of sincere. Yeah. You know, especially now. You know, uh, there's such a bond there, but. We did see possible other films, yeah, and they might not be as good. Yeah, well, that that's exactly what was making me think that. Seeing and and apologies to anyone who sometimes there's an occasional person who doesn't like looking at scenes from next week, but uh, we did get to don't see. Don't listen to predictions. Don't listen to predictions then, because we're going to use that footage right now to talk about it. Uh, it. It seems to be there's. Even though the Volm are apparently dead, we see more than one Volm in the uh, in scenes for next week, uh, which is probably a, a ship that's probably over the grid, which would mean that the grid gets destroyed and the Volm land. So uh, the Volm ship lands. So obviously it seems like whatever Cochise's plans or thoughts are uh, the human race and of Tom, uh, he does not – the rest of the Volm perhaps do not share his thoughts, which – you know what? If you think about it, Tom's thoughts about the Volm aren't really shared with a lot of the uh, other people in uh, in Charleston. So it's very possible it could be the other way around as well. You know, and, and we're going to see Karen, things like that. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, other than that, 
uh, I'm excited for the season finale. You know, we have to we have to meet Karen face to face. There has to be battle royale. More battle, with Karen. I mean, Hal wants to take her down. Uh, we know Maggie wants to kick her ass. And is Alexis and Anne dead? I still think she's not. But what I was going to say about Lourdes is the fact that Lourdes was talking about it makes me feel. And if she knew that she died in, in Boston, makes me think that maybe maybe they are dead. If Lourdes said that, and then we'd have a nice family reunion at the end of all of this. I hope so. Well, I hope they're not dead, but I, I it it gives them some doubt to me. Uh, well, it's going to be interesting. All I know is Weaver is having dinner with his daughter as we speak. Congratulations to, <laughs> to Weaver. Weaver. Um, but he's been thinking about Tom the whole time. Yes. <laughs> and on that note, we thank you. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you can follow Nando at Nando Vell. And uh, also on Instagram at Nando Vell. V-E-L. Yeah. Nando has a lot of great pictures of stuff. God knows what. Well, who knows what. Check it out, because you'll find out. <laughs> I'm going to have to take more pictures. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, rate, comment, let us know uh, how we're doing. But more importantly, share some theories with us. Uh, we love reading them. Yeah. Uh, we don't always bring them into the conversation, but we do definitely read them, and mm-hmm. they are definitely interesting. Uh, but until next week, follow us here at AfterBuzz TV, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Bye. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.